0: Invite you to turn with me to our text this Lord's Day, as it's found in Proverbs 15:32. Just taking a a little bit of a break from our Daniel series once again, just feeling, sensing, being impressed uh, to to address these very practical matters as it relates to uh, wisdom Uh, and particularly as we know that that these proverbs are directed to a son so Solomon directs them not only to his physical sons but he also addresses these proverbs to his spiritual sons and to his spiritual daughters as well, of whom may we count ourselves to be the spiritual children of the wisest mere man that ever lived. Proverbs 15.32 says, He that refuseth Instruction despiseth his own soul, but he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. Dear children and young people, and we who are older as well, God has given to us who desire to grow in wisdom a divinely appointed means to getting that wisdom. Correction. Receiving correction is a path in God's ordained means to becoming wise. Receiving correction. And I know that that's hard. I know it's difficult. Not only for the young people, but for us as well, who are older. But I want to speak to you who are younger, because again, you have your whole life ahead of you. You have many years to show forth wisdom. And God would have you to be wise in receiving correction. The Lord grows us in his knowledge and in his wisdom by first showing to us our ignorance as we all are. How important it is that we learn this truth while we are still young and while there is so much yet ahead of us by way of days for most of us so that we do not struggle fighting and contending with those who most often have our best interests at heart in bringing correction our way. Not seeking to destroy us, but seeking to help us. You see, the spirit of this age basically is... Summarize like this, just tell me the good things about myself. Just tell me that which will encourage me. Tell me how well I have done this job. Don't tell me where I've sinned. Don't tell me where I've erred. Don't tell me where I need to grow and need to improve. Don't tell me those things. Only tell me what I want to hear. Dear ones, we all need encouragement. Every one of us needs that encouragement. And God calls us indeed to encourage and to edify and to build up one another. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another. That is, build up, encourage one another, even as also ye do. But I fear at times we have so focused on encouragement that we have forgotten. That we are truly wise when we thankfully receive correction from God and from God through others. God can directly correct us as we open his word, but he often corrects us through the correction we receive from others. One of the greatest hindrances to growing in true knowledge and wisdom is our own stubborn pride. Pride thinks it already knows it all, right? Pride does not want to be a student. Pride wants to be the teacher at all times. In fact, pride is unteachable. Whereas wisdom, the wisdom that is from above, according to James 3.17, is easy to be entreated easy to be taught, easy to be entreated, easy to be corrected. God our Father has sovereignly determined in his most holy plan that the way to obtain true knowledge and wisdom is to crucify our pride, acknowledge that we in fact don't know everything, and thankfully then receive the correction that we receive from God through others that comes to us let's consider god's way to grow in wisdom from our text in proverbs 15:32 and the two following main points from our text first of all the consequence of refusing correction proverbs 1532a, and the second main point, the reward of receiving reproof, as it's found in Proverbs 1532b. So the consequence, first of all, of refusing correction. In verse 32 of Proverbs 15, the first part, he that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul first we see here the folly the foolishness of those who will not receive correction note here what is first said to be refused or ignored is instruction or perhaps better translated correction that's in the margin I think of of the uh, most of your King James Version would be correction. Here is one who hates to be told, hates to be uh, corrected that he or she has said or has done something uh, wrong or is in any way deficient in knowledge. How often... In our lives, dear ones, do the walls go immediately up when we are corrected? Perhaps we become defensive and seek to justify our ignorance or our error or our sin when we are corrected. Perhaps other times we become silent and we crawl back into a shell and isolate ourselves from the one who has corrected us. Perhaps we fight back in anger because we would want at that point to show the corrector how upset we are with him or her. Perhaps we murmur and we rail after having been corrected behind the corrector's back after they are gone. Perhaps we say to the corrector, we appreciate the correction that you have given, but then we do nothing at all to change the very matter for which we were corrected. We do nothing to make an alteration, whether it be in our thinking or our speech or our actions. We do nothing to make the change, but we appreciate what was said. We kind of shine them on. We may have many different responses to correction that we do not want to hear. But the outcome is all the same. That is, that we will not take it to heart. We will not seek by God's grace to learn from the correction that has been given unto us. Our stubborn pride will not allow us to receive and to learn from that, to admit that we have a fault or we are lacking in knowledge or that we have sinned in some way. And so instead of growing, growing in true knowledge and wisdom, rather we act as though others cannot teach us anything. In fact, when we say that, are we not saying God cannot teach us anything? Because that's who God uses so often in our lives, our others. When we despise correction from others, We'll very often give reasons which we think are valid reasons why we should refuse the correction that we receive from others. Obviously, if if the correction is sinful, we want to refuse that. If it's contrary to God's word, certainly we want to refuse that kind of correction. So that, that goes without saying. But... Even if the correction itself is accurate, we come up with reasons why we should not receive it. For example, well, they didn't approach me in love and meekness. They didn't bring their correction to me in the way that I would like to receive the correction. They didn't deliver it in a gracious manner. If it had been said in a gracious manner, I would have received it. I would have gladly received it. But I'm not going to receive it because it wasn't given to me in the way that I wanted it to be given. I would otherwise be all ears to receive it and to follow it and to become wise. It is true that when we correct or rebuke one another, We should speak the truth in love. We should correct others as we would have others to correct us. That's the law of love. Paul says in Galatians 6, verses 1 through 2, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual restore such an one, in the spirit of meekness, that is humility, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Perhaps you never thought of that being one way that we bear the burdens of one another by giving and receiving correction. That's what immediately follows. In Paul's words, how we show the love of Christ is even in bearing one another's burdens by going to, caring enough, when it is needed to correct one whom we love and care so much for. But dear ones, let us never refuse to hear and receive and obey the truth simply because it wasn't served to us in the most pleasing way. If we were starving to death, we would not care how the food was delivered to us if we were truly starving. We would gladly receive that nourishment that comes from that food, no matter how ill-prepared the food was because our need for food and nourishment was greater than certainly the way it was prepared. And so likewise, if we hunger and thirst to be filled with knowledge and with wisdom, we will not despise correction, even when it is not given to us in the way that pleases us or the way we want to receive it. Beloved, we must even learn to turn even that harsh criticism that is brought against us by others and from others into a lesson that we are to learn in the school of Jesus Christ in asking ourselves questions like this. Is there any merit, even when it's harsh criticism, is there any merit at all in what the person said to me? Can I use anything that was said to me in order to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ? God could have... Prohibited and forbid and restrained that person from bringing that criticism to us. The fact that he did not do so indicates he's brought that criticism to us for our good, for us to learn and to grow in knowledge and wisdom in Jesus Christ. I know it's hard, I know it's difficult especially when you feel that it's unjust and unfair. But nevertheless, God wants us to grow through that. In fact, think of one blessed martyr, the Lord Jesus Christ, covenanter, young minister, James Rennick. And I'm not quoting him verbatim, but he said, in effect that his greatest adversaries who brought the greatest criticism against him were the means that God used to sanctify him and grow him in Christ. That which they intended for his destruction, he used for his growth and to be built up in the Lord Jesus Christ, to flee to Christ, to find his comfort in the Lord, to grow thick skin and yet a tender heart. even if we do not believe the correction or criticism is justified at all, perhaps the criticism is based upon misinformation or misunderstanding, let us not easily dismiss that kind of correction or even harsh criticism that comes from others just because we do not like the way in which it was brought to us. We may even think the corrector if there is merit in the criticism in the correction in any way and then perhaps if we believe that how was presented or what was presented was not accurate was not done humbly meekly we can certainly thank the person for the criticism and sincerely mean it because we can grow and we can learn from it. But we can also then seek to humbly instruct perhaps that brother or sister in how they might improve in gently correcting others in the future. But there's also another reason that might be put forward as to an excuse that is offered when we are corrected we might say something like, they are subordinate to me. They should not have corrected me. I'm a superior, they're a subordinate. They had no right to correct me. Well, I would simply ask, where in Scripture does it teach that subordinates may not humbly correct their superiors? I would submit... That we who lead in whatever sphere it may be, we who lead and yet cannot receive correction from those whom we lead are acting as though our authority is absolute rather than that our authority is delegated to us by God. Dear ones, that's, that's the fertile soil for tyranny. When those in leadership cannot be corrected. That's where abuse of authority, misuse of authority comes. We need to understand, again, we are all, as leaders, fallible. We can err. We can misuse the authority that God has given to us. And when we do so, and someone whom we are leading comes to us and points that out to us, that we are practicing tyranny, we are abusing, we are misleading, we are leading astray by way of our authority, we need to be ready to hear what is given to us. I dare say if we cannot be ready to receive correction as leaders, we are not ready to lead. Though Peter states in 1 Peter 3.6 that Sarah submitted herself to her husband Abraham and called him Lord, that is, her head, yet Sarah corrected Abraham when he wanted to keep Hagar and Ishmael in the family. And said, she said to Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman will not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. In Genesis 21:10, and you know what? God told Abraham in that case to listen to his wife, because she was right. Because she was right in Genesis 21:12 Neither superiors nor subordinates nor equals should anxiously await every possible opportunity to wield the sword of correction lest the sword of correc- correction grow dull and lose its effect When correction is used sparingly, humbly, truthfully, and necessarily, it will more likely become an effective sword in cutting to the very heart of a person. doesn't mean that it will necessarily or absolutely be the case that they'll receive it, but it's more likely that they will receive it. And that's our attitude. None of us are to hold some supposed office of corrector-in-chief. We are to be careful that when we correct, we do so in love, and not just to point out the faults of others. In order to make ourselves look good, feel good, feel important, even if it hurts others. If we want our correction to be helpful, we must care as much about the way that we give it and administer it as we care about the way others receive it. We cannot, dear ones, we cannot control how others will receive our correction, but we can control how we give it and how we administer it and how we give it and how we administer correction will usually impact how others receive it. Note what consequences given here by Solomon when one refuses the correction of God through others. Verse 32, he that refuseth instruction or correction despiseth his own soul. He despises his own soul. By his refusal to receive correction and to admit that he is wrong, in some way, he actually demonstrates that he despises or she despises himself or herself. The Old Testament commentators, Kyle and Dalich give to us in their commentary on this verse the true sense of what it means to despise oneself when they say, and I quote, the despising of the soul is then the neglecting, uh, endangering, Exposing of the life. In a word, it is suicide. It is suicide. Self-destruction. Wow. Does that hit you like it hits me? Suicide. To ignore legitimate correction in our life is to destroy ourselves it is to commit suicide for the foolish person that refuses to be corrected or does not take correction seriously refuses the truth being offered to them that could possibly save their life whether presently or in the future and rather that person consigns themselves to destruction And dear ones, that refusal of correction may start in small things. Maybe things that we don't think that are that important. But when it becomes a pattern and a habit in our life that we immediately refuse uh, instruction and, and correction, it becomes a way that we think, a way that we speak, a way that we act, Not only in small things, but in big things. In life-changing things. If we didn't think of it, doesn't matter. I'm not going to do it. That's the way, again, one who refuses correction will think to themselves. Who does that person think that he or she is to correct me? Look at the faults in their life. Look at the sins in their life. And so we turn it around rather than seeing if there is any, any reason for correction in our own life. We turn it around and the focus becomes on that person. We turn it around rather than receiving the correction that God would have us to glean from it. What happens to us when we harden our heart to the correction of the Holy Spirit that comes to us through his law, that comes to us through others, when we harden our hearts? What happens? Well, if we ignore the correction and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, if we refuse to hear the rebuke of God's law that comes not only from the pages of Holy Scripture but also comes from the lips of others, we will be given over to more serious sins and will plunge ourselves into ever greater danger apart from God's grace. Inevitably, that's what happens in our lives when we refuse correction we close our mind to the truth in that area then we are given over not only maybe to the same sin but to other sins in order as the children of God in order to teach us in order to instruct us in order to show to us there are consequences there is discipline when we refuse to receive instruction, not because God hates us, but because he loves us. Like any good father who would teach their, their children or his children. So our Heavenly Father teaches us the consequences of refusing correction. in such a case where we refuse the correction the conviction of the holy spirit whether it comes from directly from the pages of scripture or through others such a case we are like those who refuse to hear that we have cancer and will not receive the help that is needed to overcome that cancer by their refusal and refusing to receive correction. In effect, they destroy themselves. When we thankfully submit to legitimate correction and understand that legitimate correction of others to be the loving correction and discipline of our Heavenly Father, as taught in Hebrews chapter 12, He chastens, He disciplines all those whom He loves. We are taking steps to destroy pride in our lives and are being prepared by the Holy Spirit to receive knowledge, to receive understanding, to receive wisdom from the Lord. We are saving ourselves, dear young people, children, young people, young adults. You are saving yourselves from so much pain, from so much heartache presently and in the future if you heed, if you listen to the wise words of Solomon speaking on behalf of God. The second main point which we'll look at more quickly, briefly the reward of receiving reproof or correction in Proverbs 15.32b. But he that heareth reproof get it, understanding. Paul tells Timothy, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. And perhaps that's where he want to stop in that verse. It's profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for truth. But he goes on to say, "It's all Scripture... Given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, that is complete, mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God's word is given for rebuke. God's word is given for our correction because we have it wrong so often. We need it, and we need, here in verse 32b, here's the flip side of good news to the previous warning. But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. The receiving of reproof, dear ones, we need to understand. When we receive reproof or correction, This is not the work of the flesh in our hearts. None of us naturally want to hear and receive correction and reproof from God or from others. When we earnestly and thankfully receive reproof, rebuke, correction, faithful correction that comes from God and others, We can take no credit to ourselves. We cannot pat ourselves on the back and say, look what I've done. I've received correction. Aren't I good? Aren't I holy? Aren't I uh, righteous? Because, dear ones, if it were left merely up to us, we would not receive it. If it were merely left to us, we would pretend to receive it. And it would, in either case, be used to our own destruction, not to our own help and our own good. It's God that works within us, both to will and to do his good pleasure. Philippians 2.12 and 13. If the Lord did not sovereignly and effectually give us a new heart and give to us a desire, a willingness to receive correction and to benefit from that correction and to subdue the pride in our own lives, none of us would willingly and thankfully receive correction from God or anyone else. So let us not boast in ourselves that we are able to receive correction from God and others as if this was due to our own strength or due to our own gifts. Let us rather, when we receive correction, let us rather fall down upon our faces before our merciful God with thankful hearts, boasting in the grace of God, bo- boasting in the cross of Jesus Christ that is made us willing, that has given us a heart that wants to be wise and wants to use all the appointed means to that wisdom, this one being to receive correction. God sets before us today, as he has in ages past, the way of life and the way of death. Jeremiah 21, 8. And unto this people thou shalt say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. Moses urges us to choose the way of life, not the way of death. In Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live Solomon mercifully instructs his son and us, his spiritual children that the way of life is earnestly and thankfully to receive that correction Proverbs 6 23 for the commandment is a lamp and the law is light and the reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Not the way of death. Yeah, death to pride. But it's the way of life and a blessing to receive the rebukes of instruction. Whereas the way of death is stubbornly and foolishly to refuse correction. Proverbs 15.10 Solomon says, correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way. And he that hateth reproof shall die. Not my words, God's words. May we not be filled, therefore, with all kinds of regrets as we grow older because of the heartache that we have reaped due to the correction that we have refused to receive. Proverbs 5, verses 12 through 13. Hear Hear the regret in these words. How have I hated instruction and my heart despised reproof and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers nor inclined mine ear to them that instructed me, full of regret. I do not want that to be in the life of any of you, whom I love and care for and shepherd as your pastor. Just as Jesus is made unto us the righteousness of God, that we so desperately need because we are sinners. So Jesus has made unto us the wisdom of God that we so desperately need because we are ignorant and full of pride. 1 Corinthians 1, verses 30 through 31. But of him, that is of God, are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom Jesus is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Not so that we can exalt and boast glory in ourselves, but he goes on to say in verse 31, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, that is, boasteth, let him glory or boast in the Lord. Jesus is your wisdom. He has given to you already His wisdom. He is made unto you wisdom. You don't have to go out and seek wisdom. He's made unto you wisdom. He's given to you a book full of wisdom. He's given you a heart to crave and to desire wisdom if you are a child of God. It's a matter of applying the wisdom that he has already given to you in Christ. And part of that wisdom is being thankful for the correction that you receive. I would be the first one to confess it hurts to be corrected. But as I analyze it, you know what? What correction hurts the most? It hurts my pride. And my pride needs to be hurt. In fact, my pride needs to be destroyed. And that's why Jesus Christ came was to destroy my pride, to destroy your pride. Let us therefore grow in our love of God's truth, let us grow in our love of his knowledge. Let us grow in our love of his wisdom that comes from Jesus who loves us. And let us be humbled by correction rather than being exalted by the pride of knowledge that thinks it cannot be taught, that it cannot learn, Let us choose, as we have already read, let us choose the way of life that is found in receiving good correction, sound correction, rather than choosing the way of death that hates reproof and correction. Amen. Please stand with me in prayer. Our gracious Father, how we love thee and thank thee for thy words of wisdom to us through Solomon. How we thank thee for thy reproof and thy correction found in thy word. How we thank thee for the reproof and correction we receive from others who love us, and at times, even in Severe criticism from those who don't love us, who don't care for us, but nevertheless thou dost intended for our good, that we might grow. As Jesus received all manner of criticism. So if we belong to Him, we will walk in His steps. So Lord, we pray, build us up. Uh, to today. Uh, that, Lord, we may uh, encourage one another in love and that we might even correct one another in love sparingly, truthfully, humbly, and necessarily, but that we would not forsake and in giving correction, godly correction loving correction, and that we would not forsake receiving it and being thankful for it. We ask, Lord, hear our our prayers as we offer them to thee through Christ our Savior. Amen.